today's Bible reading comes from the book of John, chapter 1, starting from verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet, to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out, saying, This is the one I spoke about when I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me, because he was before me. Out of his fullness we have already received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning. Merry Christmas. Uh, my name is Miles. I'm one of the ministers here at St. James. It is such a great joy to be with you here this morning to celebrate all that God has for us. We pray and then uh, we'll jump in. Father, we thank you so much uh, that you're a God who has made himself known. There is no mystery, uh, there is not wondering, but there is a God we get to meet, uh, and you're a God who loves and cares for us, and does not leave us alone in the darkness. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, as you heard uh, Lucy read that reading from Scripture this morning, uh, you might have noticed it's not kind of a classic Christmas reading, right? There was, uh, thanks Ron, uh, there was... Uh, no baby, there was no manger, there were no angels, there were no wise men. All the stories that we hear, all the carols that we sing uh, were not mentioned. And that's to say that that passage doesn't immediately strike us as Christmassy, but it is. It's highlighting that at Christmas, actually, there's, there's two stories going on at the same time. One story, the on-the-ground story, the concrete story, the story of a child being born. Born to a 16-year-old girl who has travelled uh, back to her fiancé's hometown, who's giving birth not in a sterile hospital, hospital room with the option of an epidural, but in the back room of a house where the animals are kept for warmth. For the cosmic appearance of angels uh, to shepherds in the field and wise men using a star as a GPS to find this little one, the baby called Jesus, the king to be born. That's one story. 
And the same story happening, another story happened at exactly the same time as the one we just read. The story of a gift offered. The story of a gift offered for humanity for the good and blessing of all mankind. Two stories, a child is born and a gift offered for all. We're going to explore that second story, the story of the gift offered for all. As you think about that, it's, it's helpful to start thinking about uh, gifts. Now, uh, how many, hands up if you've opened your gifts already this morning. Wow, that's a low percentage. I was expecting much higher. Uh, my kids are up at 7 a.m. this morning, so all our gifts are opened. All the vicarious joy of opening gifts has occurred. It's, uh, it's all been great. Uh, and I, I think, here's my theory on presents. I think there's kind of two categories of gifts. Come with me on this. Uh, two categories of gifts. The first category is this. You open up that wrapping paper and you see what the gift is and your soul is filled with joy. You think, this is the gift I need and want. This person knows me. This is the gift I've longed for. And then there's the other category of gifts, which are not that. I thoroughly disagree. I think underwear is in the first category, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, we, we, do, we do this unthinkingly. You're opening presents, and, and you, you'll do this, you know, you've already done it or you'll do it later. And you'll have this kind of category going in your mind of uh, there's some gifts we think, this is, this is the best. And other gifts where you think, that looks like a great gift for someone next year. And uh, just to be clear, I've opened all my presents this morning. Mine were all in the first category, all, all wonderful all excellent. They really were, actually. I'm not, not even making it up. Um, and regardless, regardless of the gift, here's what's important. Here's what's important. Regardless of the gift, this is very much a side note. Make sure you, you say thank you regardless, right? It's not, you don't go, oh, shame on you for not giving the right present. No, we, we're thankful for the gift that we give. But it is fascinating that we kind of know this. We know that there are gifts we need and want, and there are the other gifts. For example... Uh, there's gifts that you could give me that uh, would be gifts that would be ones I would re-gift. Uh, this might happen uh, if someone bought me some tanning lotion. Uh, with my Scottish white skin, that present would go straight back in the box. I would say, thank you so much. And, uh, and then I'd pass that, uh, pass that on to someone else later. Or, um, I don't, my social media clearly knows me. Um, as Christmas has come around, I've been getting a lot of adverts that are really sending me a transformation image of something that goes like this. <laughs> Turns out, maybe I'm bald, I don't know, maybe I'm being told something here, uh, uh, that Moshi and uh, Pilot are you know, constantly advertising to me that there's a gift that I would receive and I'd be like, I desperately need that gift. As we look at this passage this morning, we're going to look at a gift given. There's a gift given from God to us. And the thing we're going to see is, why we need that gift. Now, this gift is not one that we put back in the box and put away. That this gift is one we, we receive and enjoy. First of all, uh, what is the gift given? It's from John 1, which I just had read. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And that same Word, the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. What is the gift that God gives to us at Christmas? He gives himself. He gives himself. The word becomes flesh. God becomes like us. The true light comes into the darkness of our world. God comes in to live among his people. That God is not a, 
not a far removed God from humanity, but that sees us as insignificant little ants, but a God that, that comes in. He doesn't just send a messenger or a speaker or a prophet or a spokesperson. He comes himself. He gives us himself. The one who created the universe willingly becomes a human who needs to have his nappy changed. At Christmas, we celebrate this unique thing. We celebrate the God that says, here I am, I've come to meet you. But what, is it, what does it mean? What does it mean that he gives uh, himself? Well, it's right there in that uh, John 1, 14. The word became flesh. There's a change that goes on for God there. There's a change of uh, position and experience. He moves from invulnerable to vulnerable. It goes from unbreakable to breakable. It becomes fragile. This is incredibly unique uh, for the Christian faith. In most uh, other concepts of God and ideas of God, uh, God would never become uh, vulnerable and breakable. God is superior and his strength. Uh, in Christianity, uniquely, the God who is on high becomes like one of us. He gets hungry and eats. He gets tired and sleeps. He needs to go to the bathroom, so he goes to the bathroom. He gets cold, so he needs to find warmth. He experiences loneliness, and so he seeks out community. He feels threatened, and so he seeks out safety. He saw need, so he feels it. He saw things that grieved him so much he cried. He experienced things that filled him with joy, so he celebrated. He experienced anger, anxiousness, joy, grief, confusion, being hurt by friends, being frustrated, being isolated. The greatest of joys and the, uh, and the greatest of sadnesses. Which is simply to say, he experienced life like us. He chooses to make himself vulnerable like us. And rarely, rarely does someone willingly do something like this, right? Rarely does someone move from, from a high position to a low position or, or a, a safe position to a risky position. This is the, the lifesaver going to the surf to save another. It's the, the fireman going into the burning building for the sake of those who are trapped. God makes himself vulnerable, allows himself to suffer, to be threatened, to experience pain for his people. He gives himself for us. What a gift. Why, why do we need it? Why would it give us himself? All gifts have a purpose. All gifts uh, have, a, have a reason that they've been given. You get your socks and undies from, uh, from the kids because you don't want to have to buy any for the rest of the year. Uh, parents buy uh, kids video games on Christmas Day so that we can have a cheeky Christmas afternoon nap. There's a purpose behind every gift. It's not, even, it's not sneaky, they know it, it's fine. Um, there's a purpose behind every gift. What is the purpose behind this gift? What is the purpose behind the gift given to us? Well, it's this. No, it's not. It's this. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. That the world was a place of darkness, and it needed to have a light shone into it. That there was something lacking in the world 
that man, Jesus needed to become, to give himself, to be vulnerable, to come into that place as a gift into that space. So there was an emptiness that needed to be filled. Uh, a few years ago, we, were, we, were, uh, we went out to the Janolan Caves out near Bathurst. And uh, you, you go into these incredible cave tours uh, where you're going under the, under the mountain and you're experiencing these incredible, massive caves. They're absolutely cathedrals under there. Like there, there, are, there, are, there are caverns bigger than this building uh, under the ground that you get to go into. Anyway, on one of these particular tours, we're going along and we reach this incredibly just majestic uh, cavern. And we're there and as part of the, the whole experience, the guide, the guide says, now just stand still, I'm just going to show you something. And he turns the lights off. And I, I've, I've never experienced such darkness. It's the darkness where you have no reference point. It's the darkness where you hold your hand here and you really can't see it. It's the darkness where your kids and your wife reach out in great fear at you to hold on to find out you're still there. Complete darkness. And so silent. And, and, and all you feel in that moment is a longing for light. It's so dark. All you want is a reference. All you want to do is be able to see. My very soul longed for someone turn on the light. It's true darkness. And then uh, as a part of the tour, they turn on a little light, just a singular one. And, uh, and everyone's eyes are drawn to it. And you, you all, it all becomes a reference point for where you are. It becomes a refer- reference point for the way out. Uh, finally, you can see in the darkness. And it is generally relieving. It's not just, oh, that convenience. It, it's it generally... We needed that light because the darkness was so oppressive. This is what Jesus is. He is the light in the darkness. And being the light in the darkness, and the darkness doesn't overcome him, he, uh, he shows us where we are and he shows us the way out. He shows us where we are and he shows us the way out. And being the, and being the light that overcomes the darkness, he shows us where we are. See, a light, uh, when it's dark, reveals the way things really are. They cast out the darkness so we see what's really there. And, and that's the impact of Jesus as the light in the world. As we look at him and his life, it casts a light upon our lives and our world. And we see the, thing, see the, see the, uh, see the way things really are. We see that they are not as they are meant to be. This is the gift of the light, that as we see Jesus in the world, living in the world, we see how the world around us and ourselves and our hearts and our motivations are not the way they should be. And we start to imagine the way they could be in him. In a life, in a world filled with fear and chaos, in him we see this incredible peace experienced and lived. In a life that it can be overwhelming and heavy, uh, we see Jesus live out this life of hope enjoyed with light and purpose. In an anxious and difficult world, uh, we see in him the hope for comfort and safety. In him we see light and then we see the darkness all the more clearly. The contrast is made. Not only do we see where we are, we also see the way out. The way out is that he has not left us alone in the darkness, but he has come to us. We're given the light, the way to go. Why does 
God come into the world? Why does Jesus, why is Jesus born? Why did he become vulnerable? He didn't need to have a cheeky holiday of being a human. The word became flesh, became like one of us, came into our mess, came into our darkness because we could not get ourselves out. The word becomes flesh for us. Jesus becomes vulnerable to lead us out. And it highlights to us what we need. We need him. We need him to live for us. We need him to die for us. We need him to come back to life for us. Why do we need the gift of God himself to us to see where we are and to see the way out? It's not a gift to give back uh, and put it back in the box. It's not a gift to be passed on, but it's the gift we need of God himself to us. And the final question uh, has to be, well, how, how do you get this gift? Well, like all gifts, you don't strive for them, you don't earn them. They are generously given to you. You receive them. John 1, 11 to 12. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. A gift given. A gift we need. And a gift that is ours to receive. At Christmas time we celebrate. We celebrate a baby born. It's incredible. We celebrate a gift offered to all human, humankind. It's incredible. The gift we need. In the darkness we live. And yet the light has come that we might see where we are and he might lead us home. Let me pray. Father, we give you incredible, incredible thanks. Uh, you did not leave us alone in our circumstance, but you became like us. That the word became flesh, that the light might shine upon us. We might see where we are and we might see the way out. Give thanks for all this and so much more. In Jesus' name, amen.